Welcome to the Prescribed Potion Podcast, a podcast bringing magic, medicine, and mystery. Hi, my friends. I am so happy to be back. It has been quite some time, and you know, I've really truly missed um, just these little deep dives that I've gotten to take with so many cool, wonderful people. Um, and just connecting in this way, it's, um, I don't know, sort of like therapeutic in a way to podcast and just get your thoughts out there um, in this medium. So I've missed it and I'm really happy to be back. I am not exactly sure what this is going to look like moving forward. I um don't have a ton of space right now, um, but I just really wanted to try and see if I could make it work. Um, As we speak, I am staring at a baby monitor, (laughs) Um, just praying my daughter doesn't wake up in the middle of this, so my husband has been traveling a lot for work lately, Um, like I think we're going on three, four months. I don't know. I don't even know anymore. Um, he's home on the weekends and gone during the week. So it's been challenging to say the least to find this balance, um, with the new baby. And I don't guess we had our dog. I don't remember if we had Athena since the last time I recorded, but either way, we have a a little husky now she's just over a year old and she is so wild (laughs) so that's four dogs a cat and two kids and one me so (laughs) um it's been um you know uh trial and error um learn as we go type of thing so we are doing our best in and um you know, making the most of it, so it's all good, and, um, we're just gonna keep on trucking, so anyways, I don't know exactly how this is going to look going forward, how many episodes I'll really be able to record and get into, um, I guess just the weekends will have to be when I have my interviews, so, you know, that's always kind of hard to nail people down then, so anyways, you know, Just wanted to let you guys know, I'm not exactly sure how this comeback is really going to look. It could be this episode and just fizzle right back out again. But hopefully that won't be the case. Um, So today, I really was just going to come and sort of talk about, you know, all the transitions that I've been going through and just how wild this experience was for me. Um... And, you know, just how many times am I going to say, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Y'all could play a fun drinking game with this podcast. Um, and, um, so I just wanted to talk about just everything that I've transitioned through and how it's showing up. Um, and really, the really cool thing about this pregnancy was I had like my spiritual foundation that 
I didn't really have my first time. Um, so it was so different, really. Just, I worked so closely with Hikate and Mother Mary um, during this pregnancy. You know, I really looked to them as midwives for me. And, uh, you know, of course, I had like physical a physical midwife, but, um, they showed up so strongly for me that it was just really undeniable. And I just feel like this huge shift from this, um, transformation and rebirth for me, which of course happens with any pregnancy, but it was just really like, I don't know, it's almost difficult to put it into words, so I'll try my best. But um I I don't know, this pregnancy was so different and it was challenging and I mean, when I was pregnant with my first daughter, I was 25 and this time I'm 32, so you know, it's been a good little bit of time. <laughs> and my midwife told me that like every I can't remember, she said 5 or 6 years um, it's like your body just resets itself and forgets that you ever had a baby. So it's like the first time all over again, but you're older. (laughs) So I really felt that, um, it was totally different. I kept just being like, I can't believe how different if I wouldn't have known so strongly that it was a girl, I really would have thought it was a boy just because I was experiencing things so differently than I was with my first daughter. Um, But I knew, I just knew that it was a little girl in there, and um, I was right. (laughs) So, I I guess I established that I was going to, well, see, I had worked with Akate before, of course, before I got pregnant. Like, she was a very huge presence in my life, always. Um, So that didn't shift. I knew that wasn't going to change going into this pregnancy. I was going to you know, carry her with me, um, through this. And that is a big part of her work is, you know, midwifery and childbirth and rebirth and transformation. And really she resides deeply in the womb space, um, just right in that cauldron. And so I knew she was going to be really monumental for me, Um, and then I decided to also work with Mother Mary because I work with her every now and then anyways. I'm not very religious, so, well, I'm not religious at all, (laughs) but, um, it's not somebody that I typically have in my life that often, um, before my spiritual deep dive, I guess you could say, And even then, she wasn't, like, a constant presence in my life. Like, I would, you know, have some meditations with her here and there or some work that I would be doing that I would call her in, usually, like, inner child work and stuff. But this time, I decided to work with her because not so much for like a midwife, but like a mother for me, um... I'm, you know, currently in Kentucky and I don't have any family here. Um, COVID was 
you know, at the height, well, I don't know if I can say that since who knows what's happening with it, but it was really like popping off when I got pregnant and I don't know, there was just a lot of uncertainty and, um, I didn't have a lot of like physical support around me. So really, I worked with her as somebody that, yes, was, of course, holding my child and um, helping to usher in this new spirit, but also, you know, really for a huge support for me, um, somebody to just coddle me (laughs) through this because I needed it at times. And that's just that loving, pure mother energy that is constant and gracious and giving and um it was so beautiful to have and so very early on in my pregnancy um it was I was still in my first trimester I think I was probably like right at the line I might have been like 10 to 12 weeks I'm not quite sure exactly when it happened but um I was just laying on my couch and I just started like bleeding, heavily bleeding, like, and I started freaking out, of course, and I rushed to the bathroom. I mean, it was like a period and, um, I was in so much pain and I had already been experiencing very severe morning sickness and, um, so that came in with the bleeding And I just remember calling them in and I could physically feel them like flanking me on either side. Um, I, the fear dropped off and I just knew that I was supported and I was held and that no matter what was happening, like it was for my highest good and, you know, it was the divine, um, working through me and, it was just so crazy. Um, I can't explain like the support that I felt during that time to be all alone, like in your bathroom in a very scary situation and to just immediately be calmed and supported and held and all while I'm very sick, throwing up, you know, in a lot of pain and just, um, unsure of what was really happening. And, um, it was just this wave of calm that came through me and I I just can't really explain it, but I could physically feel them in that bathroom with me. Um, it's times like that where you really just can't go, like, there's no going back, (laughs) you know what I mean, like, this, I'm in it, and it's, like, thank God, I mean, thank goddess, like, um, I'm so grateful to have this support and this energy, uh, circling around me and circling around my babies, um, so I woke up the next morning, it was, had morning sickness, and so, you know, I knew that I was still carrying a baby. Um, and it honestly wasn't until after I delivered my daughter that my midwife had discovered, um, we're pretty sure that I was carrying twins, um, like identical twins because they were sharing a sack 
which means they would have shared everything. Um, the placenta, you know, they were the they were all sharing everything. So I think that I um lost a baby in the beginning and it's just so crazy, like I don't I mean I don't know. It's 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 so nuts to just not know that and I mean like the back of my mind was thinking, I mean, I'm having a miscarriage, like for sure that's what I thought and then you know, I was still pregnant. So it was just confusing and I didn't ever like I don't know why twins just didn't cross my mind, but you could see in my placenta like it was split straight down the middle. Like it was like it was two, it had two sides. Um, and there was just other things that kind of pointed to a twin pregnancy. And then it's really wild because my daughter, I named her Daisy. And that was my great grandma's name, Daisy, my grandma's mom. Um, and Daisy had twin sisters so it's just so wild of course like if you are carrying twins it's got to be on the mother's side and um that lineage and um I don't know it's just wild to think like that that the person that she's named after you know it's just wild so I don't know. Um, it made me sad, of course, to realize what had happened, but it also just made me really grateful that it happened really, you know, early on. And if that was what needed to happen for me to have one healthy baby here with me, um, you know, I'm, I'm grateful and I'm grateful that I was supported and I'm grateful that I never felt alone. And after that initial fear, um, I, I never really felt scared again. And after they came through for me like that, like I, you just couldn't shake me through this pregnancy. Like there was nothing that was going to knock me off my center. Um, I don't know. It was so crazy because I just had this huge instinct, like this pull to do this alone <laughs> like that's so like I I physically wanted to just birth my baby like in the woods like an animal like all alone like I I don't know it well now I do know but and then I just couldn't put a finger on it I'm like what is really happening here um but you I, I don't know like you couldn't shake me like I I did not want any intervention I did not want to go to the doctor I did not want to do anything like I just wanted to be left alone and I really think that it benefited me in the end because had I known you know this was a twin pregnancy um I think things just would have been a lot different for me um even if I still would have lost the baby and I don't know, I feel like there would have been interventions that I did not want, I strongly did not want to be induced or have a C-section. Um, and I don't know if 
you know, that's the reason. I really can't say, but I just, I know that there was a reason. And I'm grateful that I listened to my intuition because it led me to have the birthing experience that I wanted. And I feel like, you know, manifested. Um, so I, I, you guys, like, I'm not lying when I said, like, I did not want any intervention. I did not get my midwife until I was, like, 35 weeks pregnant. Like, I was, like, I want to be left alone. And, I mean, people weren't happy about this, but I I just couldn't, I, I could not, I don't know, I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. And, um... It was just crazy. It was crazy. So, um, even I know that it was crazy, but like, I don't know how to explain it. I just knew that I was supported and that this was what I needed to do. That's all. That's like the only way I can really describe it. So anyways, I went through my whole pregnancy, just trucking along, (laughs) um, doing my thing and, uh, just honestly, like having deep, divine trust that I was being led to, you know, have this experience the way that it needed to happen. Um, I'm super grateful for my midwife. She was, is so amazing. Um, we instantly connected and she holds a lot of the same values that I did, um, do, and, um, she wanted me to stay in my power and be empowered and have the birth that I wanted. And, you know, that was so meaningful to me. So I'm forever grateful for her, uh, Jennifer West, shout out, <laughs> you're the best. And, um, also her assistant, Amanda was just phenomenal. I mean, I cannot speak on how important it was to have people that were holding this vision with me and honoring my body's ability to do this like this is what you know has happened since the beginning of time my body is built for this this is nature and um of course there are things that happen but I mean, if you're a relatively healthy person and are having a healthy pregnancy, like, there's no reason that you can't birth a baby however you want to. So, I mean, I was just really grateful for them and really grateful that they held that vision with me and um, trusted in me and in my baby um, to do what needed to be done. And I had the deepest trust in them. Like I, I can't even explain how rock solid and steady my midwife was through the whole experience. And, um, I mean, she would tell you there was times where she was getting a little nervous. It was like, I can't remember exactly what she called it, but it was like my cervix wasn't going back. Like it was almost like Daisy couldn't get her head through because it was covered, like, it was not pushing back for some reason, but she never freaked out, she never, you know, she didn't, um, 
lose faith in me. And um, that was just really powerful. So there were times where she thought, uh-oh, but I could never tell. I, I never felt that from her. I never felt that shift in her energy. She was just steady and that's what I needed because she never lost faith in me so I never lost faith in myself which in those moments you know you talk about staying in your power and having this energy around you and I just knew that I did but you still just to be in such (laughs) feeling so much I don't want to say pain but just feeling so deeply um I don't know, it can, it can kind of knock you off your center a little bit, but having her grounded and, um, just holding space for me made all the difference in the world. Um, it, it made me hold space for myself and believe in myself and my baby that we could do this. So, um, I mean, I guess I could tell you a little bit about my birth. It was, I, had been having crazy contractions for weeks. Oh God, it was horrible. Like I didn't have any Braxton Hicks with my first. This everything was different. Um, I had none with my first, and um, I also went early with her. But this is one thing about having interventions that you don't really ask for. With my first uh, pregnancy, I had gone to the doctor on Tuesday. And, um, they were going to check my cervix and did not ask permission or tell me before happening, but they stripped my membranes. And I mean, um, not to just be gross, but I was bleeding everywhere, like at the doctor's office, all over my dress all over the floor, like, I stood up, and it was just every, I mean, it was everywhere, and I had never had a baby before, like, I didn't know what the heck was going on, I know you're not supposed to be bleeding like that, and, um, she had already left the room by the time I realized I was bleeding, and so here I am trying to, like, clean up blood off the floor, like, I'm like, what the heck, sorry for anybody who thinks this is gross, but, you know, it is what it is, (laughs) um, it was so crazy, and she was just like, oh, yeah, like, she popped back in for a second, I was like, I'm bleeding everywhere, like, what the hell, and she's like, no big deal, like, didn't even act like it was a big deal or anything, which, I mean, I guess to her, it's just another day at the office, but, um, so I I really, really think that obviously had a huge, um, impact on me, going into labor early because had I just naturally let my body um go into labor I'm not so sure it would have happened early which it wasn't super early I mean it was like I went into labor two days before my due date and she was born a day before my due date so I mean it wasn't anything crazy um but like my water didn't naturally break um I don't know I don't I don't feel like my body had the chance to do the natural rhythm of birth that it wanted to do. Um, with my first daughter, I was in labor for 12 and 12 and a half hours or so. 
Um, and with Daisy, it was like five hours. So there's just something to be said for the natural rhythms and cycles. Our bodies are so smart. There's so much wisdom in the womb space. It's ancient. And if we just allow ourselves to flow that way, it can be easier for us without all these interventions. And, um, you know, of course, like with my first daughter, I was in the hospital. So they were checking me constantly. Um, I was hooked up to monitors. I couldn't like freely move around. I, I think a lot of that all stalled my labor. Um, there's no reason that it should have lasted that long. I honestly don't think, um, I worked out, I went to the gym every day during that pregnancy, like, until the last week of pregnancy. I mean, I walked every day, like, I was in really good shape, and I did not do nearly that much this time, um, and I don't know, it was just so much smoother, so it really makes me wonder, like, all these things that are said to quote-unquote help you, (laughs) is couldn't actually be harmful and um, give you some hangups along the way. So this time I went into labor five days after my due date. Um, and I, but I had been having contractions for weeks. I mean, I felt like it started at like 37 weeks. I was just having contractions, which I mean, I'm grateful for. Like my body was just getting ready, but you know a little, a little much. (laughs) Um, so the day that I went into labor, like I had been having contractions. I remember I just walked and walked in the neighborhood that day. Like I was power walking, (laughs) just trying to walk the baby out. That was the most I'd walked in a long time. Um, and I got back home and I was having contractions and then I, made the mistake of taking a shower I that can like sort of stall your contractions sometimes just sort of calm you back down so I did that and my contraction stopped for maybe an hour or two and then um, I called my midwife and just let her know you know I was having contractions and she said well go on to bed you know and um, just let me know if they get intense or closer together so about nine o'clock, I went and laid down, and, um, at like 12, it was 12.33, I on the dot, I woke up, and I was like, inching my big old belly off the side of the bed to go to the bathroom, and it was just like, and my water broke, and I was like, oh god, here we go, <laughs> so, um, I got up, and I always remember, it was so funny, when I woke up, my husband, he was like, it scared him, because he was so asleep, he was like, what, what, like, I was like, my water broke, he was like, oh, like, I was like, what do you mean, oh, <laughs> get up, and so, um, because I didn't have that experience with my first, you know, like, it was so weird going into labor with her, I, I mean, it was bizarre, but, um, this time I knew what was going on, I was like, okay, well, I'm in labor, and so I called my midwife, and um, she said, I'm heading your way. And um, 
I just was frantically going around the house trying to get everything set up and get everything together. My husband started filling up the birthing pool and my daughter was with us the whole time, which was super special. And I'll have to say, like, it was so cool having her a part of of this experience, but you know, I think it could not be for every child. Like it, it definitely depends on your, your kid and you know, how sensitive they are, I guess, which she is very sensitive. She's a Scorpio. She has a stellium in Scorpio. So she's like so Scorpio. I mean, I think she has like five planets in Scorpio plus her sun sign and maybe her moon it's not her moon, it's her rising. I don't know. One of the big threes. She's double Scorpio. She's so Scorpio. Like, it's insane. It's insane. <laughs> I say it too. I'm like, you're such a Scorpio. Um, so she loves, like, intense things. Like, she'll tell you now, when we talk about the birth, she'll be like, it was so intense. I loved it. She's six, you guys. <laughs> like, so it's not for every child, you know what I mean? Like Daisy, my new daughter, my second child, she's a stellium, a Pisces stellium. So if the roles had been reversed, I don't know that this would have been the best thing for her, which, you know, of course I'm still learning her little personality and everything, but I think it might've been a little much for her. Um, I mean, even at some points, it got a little much for my little Scorpio, but she would not leave, you guys. It was so crazy. <laughs> she was like, I'm not leaving. So, um, she was my little doula. And, um, she was just such a little trooper. So, she was helping get everything together. And, um, my, my midwife got here and her assistant got here. And I had set up my altar and had all my little, my coven, my sisters had made these beautiful watercolor affirmations and, um, symbols, Reiki symbols. So I had those hanging up above the birthing pool. I had my playlist going, I had all my candles lit, my twinkly lights on. So I was like setting the mood. Um, and I was just, um, what happened? Okay, so she, my midwife got here, and then I got in the birthing pool. And it felt so good at first. And, I mean, I was just having, like, light contractions. And it was a, it was a beautiful time. Like, that was one of my favorite moments of it was before things started getting really intense, just sitting in the birthing pool talking to my midwife and Amanda her assistant and listening to music like it was just so special um it was beautiful really it really was um I'm grateful for those few hours I think probably an hour and a half or two hours I was in the pool um and, and it was really beautiful time And then, um, now I, like I said, I had morning sickness really bad. I have a very sensitive, um, stomach. Like I always have, I get car sick. I do not ride roller coasters. I almost feel like it's like vertigo. (laughs) Like I'll just get, 
I don't know. I I can't. I just can't. Anything will throw me off. Sometimes if I'm scrolling on Instagram too hard, I'm like, I gotta step away. I'm gonna puke. Um, so this, of course, doesn't happen with everybody, but I, and in the hospital, I threw up nonstop during labor. Like, I was throwing up the whole time. Even after um, Addie was born, I was still throwing up. So, that was miserable, and I think a lot of it was due to the epidural and the pain medicine that they were giving me, because even, like, Vicodin, if I get Vicodin for something, I do not take it. It makes me so sick. Like, it just makes me nauseous. It doesn't make me feel any better. So, I'm sure that was a huge part of me being nauseous this time, because, or last time, because this time, for me, it's very good. I threw up, like, two times. Um, which I really couldn't believe. Um, but I'll tell you, it was, my husband was, we had like tapped out the water heater. So he was boiling pots of water and then bringing them in to the birthing pool. And I just got too hot. Like the last time he poured it in, I was just like, I'm so hot. And then I just felt, I was like, I got to get out of here. And I did. And then I spent, like, the next three hours on the toilet birthing, like, just laboring because, I don't know, I should have gotten one of those labor stools because just being in that position, I it just felt so much better. And then I had, like, a bucket to throw up into if I needed to, which, I mean, I really honestly, it was, like, one more time. Um... And just sitting in that position, I don't know, it was just like helping push her down. Um, And then the contractions started getting pretty intense. And I had read in Ina Mae Gaskin's book, um, Ina Mae's Guide to Childbirth. So 100% recommend if anybody is getting ready to give birth or just is... um, a birth worker or just curious about natural labor please read that book it was uh, oh my god it just it's powerful that's a powerful book um it it just solidified so much for me and my trust in myself and my trust in my baby um it was, I'm so grateful that I read that book and I suggest it to anybody that's interested or like I said, anybody, anybody, everybody should read that book. Uh, the first half of it is like, so, okay. So Ina Mae is a birth worker. She's a midwife in, um, Tennessee and she was really started in like the seventies. I'm pretty sure early 70s um she basically has like a birthing compound like you can still go and get a cabin if you don't have anywhere to have a home birth and you want a home birth um you can go there they call it the farm and um just the work that she does is there are no words I mean and even in the medical field she's I mean she goes to um, conferences and universities and, um, 
all over the world to um, talk about birthing. And so she's she's an amazing resource. Um, and I'm I'm really grateful that I read her book because it made me feel so powerful. Like, I swear, I remember after reading a couple of the birthing stories, like looking at my husband and being like, I want to do it now. Like, I'm ready. I want my turn. Um, it just made me feel so strong. And just hearing all those other strong, beautiful women um, birthing their babies like goddamn goddesses. Like, it just... Oh, it was a powerful book. Um, the second half of it is resources, um, exercises, important information for you to soak in. Um, so I, I totally recommend that book. But anyways, I remember reading in her book that your larynx is, be, it's like connected to your cervix. Like it's the same type of muscle. So... If your larynx is calm and open, um, it causes your cervix to open and relax. So she suggests um, really low, like guttural moans. Like it's like you want to sound like a cow. You don't want that like high pitched screaming or whatever. It's you want to really be like, you know, like. Um, and I just remember, like, I remember remembering that. And during one of my contractions, I was like, oh, I know I'm supposed to, like, be a cow. So I just was like, I'm going to, I remember telling my midwife, I was like, I remember reading. Voila. She's like, yeah. So I tried it on the next contraction and I did not stop until my daughter was born. Like, it helped so much. I mean, it, it gave me a place to focus rather than the pain and, you know, focusing lower. I was more up in my heart space, in my intuitive, like, mind. Um, it gave me a rhythm to follow and it just gave me something else to focus on besides another contractions coming, another contractions coming. Like I, okay, I know what to do. Um, oh my God, it was, oh, it was awesome. Like, I'm not kidding. If you're going to have a baby, please moan like a cow because it will save your life. Like, I don't know how I would have gotten through it, but I mean, towards the end, I was getting so loud. <laughs> like, I felt so bad for my little daughter. She just sitting there with her ears covered like, oh, my God. <laughs> it was crazy. I remember after um, the, day, the day after labor, I was like, my throat is the sorest thing on my body. <laughs> and that's saying a lot. Um, but it hurt so bad. Uh, I can't imagine if I would have just been, like, high-pitched screaming the whole time. I probably would have really, like, torn something up. Um, so that saved my life, and I just moaned my way through it. I mean, really, just focusing on that and uh, honestly, like, goddess. I mean, I held my, my attention there. I trusted that 
they were with my baby. They were ushering her in and bringing her in. And all I needed to do was just focus on getting her here. Like I was doing what I needed to do and they were taking care of the rest of it. And then I had a physical person, birth workers with me too, to help me. Um, you guys, I cannot also support during labor. Oh my God. Like, I mean, I love my husband to death, but he he was like a deer in headlights, like, holy shit. Because of course, seeing somebody that you love, like more than anybody go through this and the pain and just you're, he was scared. Like, you know, um, he supported me the whole time with having a home birth, but if it would have been up to him, like, I'm sure he would have rather me go to the hospital and deliver the baby there. But he never said that because, like, he just supported me. He wanted me to do do it my way and do it how I felt called to do it. So, but he was still, like, just terrified and also taking care of Addie and trying to just be with her. So I was so grateful for my midwife and Amanda, her assistant. Like, I, I cannot say how special and meaningful and important um, they both played huge roles in, in this for me. And, I mean, one point, I mean, I was totally naked the whole time. But at one point, I was just, like, hanging on Amanda, and she was rubbing my lower back and just, like, pushing pressure. I mean, this is the first day that I met this girl, and I'm just, like, hanging on her. But she was such a steady, calming energy, and she was just so supportive and so loving the whole time that I felt totally comfortable. I felt like I've known her my whole life. Um hanging on her like that so I really can't stress enough about it the support uh, the support I mean spiritual support physical support um support of yourself it uh, it makes a world of difference a world of difference um So finally, I labored enough to where my midwife was like, okay, you got to get off the toilet or your baby is going to be born in the toilet. So I moved to the bed and this was another thing that I learned from anime, but you are really, um, I guess I can't think of the word right now. Um, a helpful way to labor is on your hands and knees rather than being on your back, um, So I got on my hands and knees and pushed my baby out and she was born and it was so special, um, right at home, you know, and I, I, I mean, I I don't know. There's really no words for how magical really the whole experience was, um, birthing her at home in my bed like everything was ready to just strip the bed and have you know the more sheets underneath like they tell you everything to get together if you're gonna birth your baby at home so everything was set up perfectly like it was so easy um I mean I had her and when I had to get up and go to the bathroom you know afterwards or whatever they just stripped the bed and then I just got to 
go and lay in the bed with my baby and there we were like just starting our lives together and that was so perfect I mean it was just it's it was a beautiful 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 experience and yes of course you know when my first daughter was born it was a beautiful experience too but it was also traumatic and stressful and scary like I had never been checked into the hospital before until I was giving birth like that was the first time I'd ever been in the hospital as a patient so it was a world of difference this time and I'm just so grateful I'm so grateful and um I don't know I, I just can't another crazy thing that happened was my placenta so I can't remember what it's called but it was like the sack surrounding my placenta had so many veins running through it like crazy veins it was like ripped in half had like all these crazy I it was holding on by a thread and also like the umbilical I mean it was holding on by a thread it it was the craziest looking placenta my midwife and her assistant Amanda they were taking pictures of it they were like oh my god like they see these things all the time <laughs> like this is nothing new but they were like taking pictures my midwife's like do you mind if I share this in my forum <laughs> we go for it but it was terrifying because had um you know my water broke and like split one of those veins or had I had my water broken like might have possibly happened if I would have been five days over my due date and they were ready to induce labor and they nicked one of those veins my baby would have bled out she was like there's no you wouldn't have been able to save her like even if you were at the hospital they wouldn't have been able to prep you in time for surgery to get her, like, it would have happened that fast, um, I'm telling you, this was that, like, I did not want anybody messing with me through this process, I think I knew it was so precious, and of course, anytime it is, there's always stuff that can go wrong, but I felt like if I just trusted and did what I was being called to do, I would be protected and taken care of, and I was, and so was my baby, but she showed me, like, where my water broke, I mean, it was right on the line of one of those veins, like, it was just so crazy, I mean, absolutely nuts, just nuts, I mean, you know, a lot of times they can just, like, kind of pull the placenta out, but I had to deliver it, like, I had to push it out, because it was so wacky and like she didn't want to pull the umbilical cord because it, she could just tell it wasn't quite right um so it, it was just so crazy and I don't know if it got messed up from the miscarriage or what but um I don't know I know that it was out of control so <laughs> she was taking pictures I have pictures of them taking pictures of the placenta <laughs> um so, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm just so grateful that everybody was healthy and happy. And um, it was just a beautiful, beautiful morning. Um, she was born at 5.54. And then 
you know, by around eight o'clock or so, everybody was clearing out and my other daughter was with me and we all just napped in the bed together and it was just so beautiful. Like I, it was the best moment of my life. You know, I had both my babies there. My husband went and got his Waffle House and needed to carve up after that craziness. And, um, it was just so special. I I don't know, you know, every birth, birth story is special and unique and, um, is, they're beautiful, um, miracles really. I mean, of course I say it's natural and our bodies are made to do this, but it's a miracle. Like, holy shit, look what we I just did, you know, me and Daisy together. And um I'll I don't know, I'll never ever second guess myself um when I'm called to stand in my power. Like it's just you're being called to do those things for a reason and there's a reason that you're being guided and there's a reason that your intuition is telling you to do stuff and if you're feeling strongly pulled in a direction you owe it to yourself to explore that and I'm really grateful that I listened to my intuition and I didn't let outside voices or fear um, talk me out of having this experience. I I'm I'm so grateful. Um so Daisy was born on 3-3-21, which if you know like Hecate is a triple goddess and three is of course a very magical number, but it's also heavily linked to the goddess. Uh so she was basically born three 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 because two plus one is three. So it was just she's my little angel goddess and I'm so grateful she's here with us Daisy James um James is her dad's middle name so both of my girls are named after uh they have middle names after very special men in their lives um Addie's named after her grandpa so her middle name is France And Daisy is James, and I'm so grateful, you know, that I get to walk through this life with them. Um, After my first daughter was born, I remember her just, she was so alert that it was really wild. Like, she looked right up at me when they placed her on my chest. I mean, as she was being born, like, they put her right on me, and... I just remember like looking at her and being like oh my god I know you like I know you like we've done this tango before and I I know that we have um I feel even more strongly about it now um than I did then I just know that we've done life together and boy does she test me and teach me and (laughs) trigger me in all the ways that's another reason I know. I'm like, okay, you. Who were you last time? <laughs> um, but it's just beautiful. And all of this has um, just reassured me and opened me up even more to this path. And um, I'm just so grateful. 
I have felt called to share this work with other people and just how influential and strong that goddess connection and call can be during pregnancy um, and labor and even fertility journeys. And we hold so much trauma in our womb space. I mean, it is called the cauldron. And if you think about what a cauldron is, it's a vessel. It, it holds things and it can hold medicine or it can hold poison. It just depends on what you're brewing in there. And it's just so important for us to energetically align and clear out um, those cobwebs that just linger in there and we can hold on to things from past lives uh, or other lifetimes. I don't know what is past or future, who knows, but different lifetimes. Um, it can store trauma from childhood. It can store trauma from adolescence. It can store trauma from those weird teenage years. Like There is so much that we can hold their ancestral trauma um it really it just the list goes on and it's it's so important for us to honor that space like really hold it to the reverence that it deserves because um you can have magic there um or you can have madness there and it's just what are you holding in that space it's it's really really important i feel so strongly about this even more so than i ever have um so it's led me to start a new venture um i'm call it womb wilding and i'm basically holding one-on-one um I don't know what the word would be. I mean, I don't want to say coaching, but one-on-one sessions. But if you are pregnant, I will walk with you through the pregnancy and give you different techniques, different um, modalities to use, different ways to connect with your goddess. So what a one-on-one session would look like is we would start with a consultation and go from there to decide exactly what you need is this a healing of the womb space from for anybody um is this a fertility journey are you pregnant um are you about to birth your baby what what stage are you at have you already birthed your babies and you're wanting to clear the trauma um so really this these one-on-one sessions look different for everybody but what always takes place in every single one is um, I will connect with goddesses for you unless you are already connected to a goddess, which you can tell me who, and I'll still see if anybody else is in this space wanting to come through for you. Um, From there, we will do a womb journey. So it's like a shamanic journey, but just strictly focused on the womb. Um, A lot of times, like I said, different lifetimes will come up in there. Um, 
different things that possibly happened in this lifetime. Sometimes it just comes in as energy or like, um, I guess metaphorically. Um, it's almost sort of like Reiki a little bit too because you're actually clearing out the energy and either replacing it with something else or cutting loose things that don't need to be there anymore and just transmuting them to clean energy, basically. Um, so it really depends. It really depends on where you are in your journey, of course. Um, but we always do that, always connect you with your goddess, and then we go from there. Um, it's book recommendations, it's podcasts, it's work that you can actually physically do with your goddess. It's crystals that they connect to. It's different metaphysical things that you can do to connect with your goddess. It's altar crafting. It's herbs that you can use to connect with them. It's moon cycles that they like to be seen in. And if that all feels overwhelming for you, then we totally can break it down and do something that's tangible for you and where you are, um, and what you're comfortable doing. If you don't want an altar, you don't have to have an altar. If you want an altar, but you want it to be discreet, we can find like a travel altar for you or a one seven day candle and you, you know, carve in your intentions and that's all you need. Um, it can be a, phone altar like you can build your altar on your phone basically like a pinterest board of your altar um there are definitely ways around that that if you don't you know physically want to have your altar with you but you still want that energy that's totally cool um so it it just really depends on the person and of course where they are so if you are pregnant then i will walk with you through your first trimester and we will set things up for that. And then we'll meet again in your second trimester and start talking about different ways to work during that trimester. And then we'll meet again for your third trimester. And if you want me to be with you during your labor, like, you know, of course, um, probably not physically because COVID or whatever, but um, then I'll, I'll, totally open to do that too so it's um you know I'm gonna say it again different for everybody so it's but this work is needed for every womb I don't care if you've never had a baby and you're never going to have a baby you still can benefit from womb work and womb healing um it, it deserves honor and respect and just as much reverence as we pay to every other part of our bodies. Um, you can't physically see your womb and you maybe not even be able to feel it, but it holds so much in that space. Um, it can be blocking you from a lot of things that you don't even know, like you're not even aware of. So I stand by the fact that everybody can benefit from this work. Um, I'm also offering workshops, if that's more your speed, which is basically like a five-week workshop 
to pack everything that we would do through your whole pregnancy into five weeks. Um, so this could also be beneficial if you're not pregnant. Like we will tailor it to you and make it work for you in wherever you are on your womb healing journey. Um, it doesn't matter. So if if anybody is interested in this work, I really would love for you guys to check it out. Um, I have an Instagram page and my link trees on there and everything if you want to check out the website. I was actually thinking about posting the... Um, Oh gosh, I'm my brain, you guys. My mom always says they throw out half of the brain with the placenta. When I took my placenta. Okay, so apparently you can only record for sixty minutes on Anchor, <laughs> so I'm I'm out of time. Oh, sorry. Um, I was saying my mom says that they throw out half of your brain with the placenta, but I took my placenta pills, so that's not true, mom. Because <laughs> half my brain is still gone. Um, no, I'm kidding. Kind of. It's probably from the lack of sleep. But anyways, I was saying I am going to post the syllabus on, um, my Instagram, I think, just so you can get a better feel for, um, the workshops and sort of what that's going to entail and see if that's something that would benefit you. I also am offering just the, um, shamanic womb journeys. If, you know, you don't think you really need the workshop or the one-on-one, um, but still want to just clear that space out. Um, I'm also available for those. So you guys check that out. I would really appreciate it. Uh, you can also find me at the prescribed potion, of course, on Instagram for, um, all of your tarot, shamanic journeys, Reiki, chaos magic needs and I've also started the apothecary so that's at tpp apothecary for all of the spell jars dress candles ritual burnings um and custom things if you want something custom made for you um just reach out to me and I would be glad to you know hook up with you and do that so um Thanks you guys so much for being here with me. I really hope to be back in this space more often and more frequently um, on a more consistent schedule. I'm not promising anything. <laughs> I really don't know. But um, I really enjoy being here and chatting with you guys this way. Um, it's really like a ther- therapy session. So everybody should start a podcast. Highly recommend um but I'll talk to you guys hopefully you know within the next few weeks or so and thanks so much for being here with me your dose of medicinal magic has just been served